Welcome to Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the radio teaching ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus, Ohio. We're in the middle of a series called By the Finger of God, and today we're going to listen to the first part of a message called Trusting Our Father in Prayer. Let's go to Luke chapter 11 together. And while I was away, I have a journal full of, of things that God was putting on my heart. Uh, one of the things, one of the words that God really put on my heart during this next season for uh, my life and my ministry and our ministry and our church is the word multiplication. And the word multiplication uh, is a lot in Scripture. If you think about Matthew chapter 25, it talks about multiplying a talents, a five talents, two talents. Uh, one who sat on his talents didn't multiply. Multiplication is throughout Scripture. Another place, 2 Timothy 2.2, Paul told Timothy, he said, I want you to take what I've given you, Timothy, and I want you to take it. I want you to give it to other people who then will be able to give it to others and still others. And I want you to multiply the impact of what I've poured into your life and what the Lord had poured into Paul's life. Multiplication is everywhere. But here's a, here's a question. Uh, what about your life? What about the impact of your life spiritually? Uh, have you uh, thought about this? I had a lot of time to think. I would encourage all of us from one time or another, it's good to get away and to think. Uh, what does God want out of my life? Um, now, you'll be glad to know I discovered that uh, God's calling in my life is not to be a baseball player, and we settled that once and for all, and uh, it is to be a preacher. Um, that was a really easy discussion. But sometimes it's good for us to pull back and say, God, what do you want to do through my life? How do you want to use me? How do you want to use my influence so that when I come to that final day or when Jesus comes to bring me back to be with him, uh, that I have maximized the impact of my life uh, for the glory of God? Now, as I've been thinking about this idea of multiplication and of influence and using our lives for the uh, glory of God, I can't get away from the fact that the single biggest factor in whether your life as a believer will be about multiplication or will be about minimization, if you will, comes down to the word prayer. Okay? God can do a lot through energetic effort. I've seen God use um, my life. I've seen God use many of your lives over the last few years as we've served and as we've put our head down and said, God, would you use these efforts? And would we, we stepped up to the plate and we did things. And that is a very important part of serving the Lord. But I'm going to bring us back to something again and again and again because all of those efforts, good as they are, cannot be multiplied or have exponential effect apart from prayer. Because it is not us that does the work fundamentally. It is not us that gets the breakthroughs. It's not us that reaches that person beyond our reach and brings them to Jesus Christ. That's the work of God's Spirit. And that only comes, or many times comes, in answer to prayer. Prayer. I was listening to a message while I was away now, this person was talking about the seasons of their particular church, and he was referencing that every time the church uh, made a new step forward, went into a new season, it also meant that there was going to be a new level and new season and new depth in prayer. God does not move things forward with the same amount of prayer, the same amount of fervency, the same amount of uh, what's on my prayer list. Uh, yesterday, 
as he wants to do in the future, there's, there's a level of fervency. Another verse that God put, I had a whole stack of verses that God was speaking to me through. One of them was James 5, 16 through 18, which says, he says, Elijah was a man just like us. I really like hearing that. I need to hear that. I don't have to be somebody great to pray. I just have to be the person God's made me to be. But it says he prayed fervently and God shut up the heavens and it did not rain. He prayed again and it did rain. I'm going to tell you an average man named Elijah did something unusual that shook the nation of Israel. And I'm praying that God's going to do that through us. God's given me more of a heart than ever before for the city of Columbus. This is where God has put us to change things to be a part of what he's doing. But it's only going to come in answer to prayer. Let me just give you something before we dig into the text. The great thing about prayer, it's not a gift. You're like, well, I'm not gifted. I'm not gifted. Prayer doesn't come down to gifting. A prayer doesn't come down to my talent or my level of resources. It doesn't come down to your level of experience. It only comes down to your level of fervency. Any one of us, no matter whether we're in a place with much influence, worldly speaking, or minimal influence spiritually, it doesn't matter because if we can influence the heart of God in prayer, we are influencing more than any other way we could in prayer. First Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. Paul says this, he says, first of all, and by that it means uh, not first as in a list, not first, second, third, fourth. First of all means most importantly, most important in this letter. First of all, or most important of all, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. Uh, let me stop there. Notice that he says, I urge. I don't know what you were expecting once he said, I urge. But he could have said a lot of things. And as we as people who love God and love God's word, you know, I could have put a lot of things in that blank, right? I urge that you guys get along. How many would be great? Church actually gets along. The people that Jesus loves actually love each other. That would be awesome, right? Or how about this? Um, for, first of all, I urge you that you all learn how to share your faith with other people. That'd be awesome. So many dying people in this neighborhood. I tell you, more than ever before, when I'm in places, God's Spirit has just been reminding me of the, just looking around at people going, are they ever going to hear the message of the gospel? Yeah, what, what's God going to do through my life so that they do hear the message of the gospel, and if at all possible, by God's grace, they come to know Jesus Christ? But that's not what he said. He didn't say, first of all, I urge you, get back to the Bible. Start getting back to Isaiah. Have you been reading that lately? And haven't you been reading? Get back to sharing testimonies of what God's doing. That's not what he says. He says, first of all, I urge you that prayers, supplications, thanksgivings be made for all men. That was the passion on Paul's heart for the, not only Timothy, but Timothy was the pastor in the church of Ephesus. That was God's heart. God wanted the church in Ephesus talking to him that his power would be poured out in that region. Now, why is prayer important in the church? Like, Pastor, um, it's one of our pillars. I hope you already know that prayer is important. Well, think about this. Prayer tells you a lot about a church, and it tells you a lot about a person. Prayer tells you what they believe about God and about God's word. See, I can say that I believe this all day. But it's when I get on my knees that I'm acknowledging the sovereignty of God over everything. Okay, I can say I, I believe that I should forgive. 
But until I pray for my enemy and say, God, work in that person's life who doesn't deserve any grace any more than I did originally, would you pour out your grace on that person? That's when I believe God's word. It says a lot about what we believe about God's word. Here's another thing it says. It says about what we think the source of a successful ministry is. Okay, is it an energetic pastor? You did get an energetic pastor back, okay? Um, if we had a pastor that was a little taller, that was a little more like this, I remember somebody came here one time, they listened on the radio, and they said, um, you're different than you are on the radio. I was like, I was kind of curious. I was like, so what am I, what do I look like on the radio? <laughs> he said I looked taller and older. So, um, but what do we think uh, is the source of a successful ministry? Is it a more dynamic person? Is it better options in ministry? Is it better music? Is it more trendy marketing options? Or is it prayer? Because if it's prayer, we're saying that God is the source of all faithful, successful, fruitful ministry. Prayer says what our priorities are. If you want to see God do great things through your life, if we want to see God do great things through our church, it's going to be about what our priorities are. I love Matthew 25 and the parable of the talents. He keeps pressing on the fact, but what did you do to multiply what I gave you? And that's the question for each one of us. It's the question I've been facing up to for the last couple of weeks, but it's the question for all of us. What will we do to multiply? And I'm telling you, multiplication comes back directly to what we think about prayer. If prayer is our priority, if prayer is our source, if prayer shows what we believe about the Lord, then we'll be passionate in prayer. Now notice what Paul says here. Look back at the text, chapter 2, verse 1. He says, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for all people. Now, you might be sitting here going, well, what are, what's the difference between these types of prayer? Anybody curious about that? Like, okay, so what's the difference between supplication and prayer? Why did he have to say it four times? Was he just saying it for emphasis? Well, let me just quickly tell you what the difference is here, as um, having studied this a bit. A supplication is specific requests, specific request about direction, about provision. It usually has a sense of urgency or of pleading. I need this. This is not, Lord, thank you this morning that you're God, that you're sovereign, that you're, listen, God, I need something and I need it bad. My child is ill. You see that story throughout scripture. I, my child is ill. My, my family member is in a bad place. God, I need something. And this is not like five years from now. Lord, you need to do this now. I need, I have an urgency. I think God's calling us to more of that. Here's the second word, prayers. This is general requests. This is ongoing. There's a sense to which our prayer, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, a lot of those are just regular. Those are things we do every day. Those things we do every month. It's some things are not going to change in my prayer life. I want to get up every morning and remember who God is, that he's on the throne, and talk to him about that a little bit. Then there's intercession, now, that's the concept of intervention requests, intervention. Uh, intercession means to come before someone on behalf of someone else. And I don't know who's in your life today that has uh, quite a bit of distance between them and the Lord, uh, but they might need you to intercede before the throne because they can't come in the throne room yet. Intercession, here's the last one, thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the overflow, you might say, of previous requests. 
It's where God's provision and providence have shown up. It's where we've seen uh, that God is good, that God causes all things to work together for good, and we need to give thanksgiving, reminding God what he's done, and giving thanksgiving notice, it says, on behalf of other people. Thank you, God. Thank God this morning that we have some people that are running the city of Upper Arlington, because if we didn't, we'd be in a state of chaos. Thank God for so many things that sometimes we don't think to thank God for, especially if the person doesn't fit our color, red or blue. Sometimes that changes whether we're really thankful for people and how God has used them. Notice that it says to make these for, I'm going I'm to ask for your help in this. It says, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for, what's the word there? All people. All people. You know why he says all people? Because all all of us have our own natural prayer list, right? But God wants us to lift our eyes and to begin to pray for those for which we have maybe never prayed for. He says, I want prayer for all people. And he's thinking about Ephesus in particular. That was a huge city in the Roman Empire. A lot of influence. But he was saying, I want you to pray for people outside your box and under your skin. Does that expand your prayer life right there? Expands mine. God wants us to pray for all people. Even, there's another way if you're not sure, if you can't, I can't, I can't think of some all people that I don't pray for. Well, just write this down. Even and then blank. Okay? And if you can answer even uh, them, even that person that I never, I, I, don't, I don't even think God could save them, okay? We would never say that in church, but we say it in our hearts. Even so-and-so, all people, all people. This is Pastor Luke Aarons from Vertical Church. You know, as a result of listening to Meeting with God Daily, I hope that your passion for Jesus Christ is growing in such a way that you're learning to share your faith with others. You know, that's something that our church is committed to, equipping men and women to share the good news of Jesus through personal witness and church outreach. And if you don't have a church here in Columbus, Ohio, we'd love to have you join us this weekend. Go to verticalchurch.life. Paul expands on that verse too. He says, uh, for kings and all who are in high positions, why pray for leaders? Well, like everyone, they need Jesus Christ. And if they know Jesus Christ, they need to grow in Jesus Christ. Here's another thing for leaders of all types. They need strong marriages. Here's another thing for healthy families, for how to deal with pressure, for how to put the right advisors in the right places, for influence. And here's what Paul says in response. He says, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. Paul understood that leaders were the key to influence. If you want to write this a passage down, this is what Paul was thinking about. Acts chapter 19. The story of how God had worked in the city of Ephesus and how a leader had been used to protect Christians. You can read that in Acts 19 and 20. Leaders are important for the protection of freedom. They're important for the financial stability and for order versus chaos. Think about how the freedom and financial stability and order is so critical for the gospel to expand. 
Think if the Roman Empire had been in chaos when Paul was going, preaching the gospel throughout Asia Minor, Turkey, Greece, maybe even to Spain. It was the stability of the empire that allowed him opportunities to reach more people with the gospel. And I would tell you that's true today. And if we don't pray, what's uh, the gospel being spread in Europe, the gospel being spread in the Middle East, lights are going out unless we pray. God's word increases and prevails mightily, as Acts 19.20 talks about, when prayer is a priority. Let me give you the first point. The rest are going to come quickly. My urgency in prayer is the catalyst of God-given transformation. Now, why don't we have urgency? Why is it that I don't feel like praying sometimes? You're like, you're a pastor. You should want to pray all the time, don't you? (laughs) Do we always feel like doing all the stuff we should do all the time? Like, tell me, like, the truth. You don't have to mutter it. Your neighbor feels the same way. If they don't say, we all feel times where we don't feel a sense of urgency. But why is that? Well, sometimes it's just our own laziness. We'll, you know, put that in the options. But here's another thing. I think sometimes we don't feel urgency in prayer because our faith becomes weak. Sometimes we, we come to a place where the, the pressures and the urgency of all the other things in my life and here I'm supposed to pray, and I don't even know if God will answer in the next year, or I don't, I, I, my, and my faith, I don't, I, my faith is getting weak, okay? Now, when we were in North Carolina, I was in North Carolina for two of the weeks that we were away, and I uh, took my boys with me, and uh, one, of the, one of the moral fences that I have as a pastor is that I don't stay alone in a hotel or in a house alone. Um, it's just one of the moral fences that I have for protection, and uh, so I brought the boys along, and they did all my cooking and cleaning, and they were awesome. They did an unbelievable job, and it really ministered to me. And uh, then, so in the morning, I would get out, I would study and pray and think and uh, let God speak to my heart, and then some in, into the afternoon. But in the evenings, late afternoon in the evenings, I would spend some time together, and I really had some great times together. And we would do some fun things, um, um, one of which is um, Isaiah's like, favorite restaurant times 10, is Krispy Kreme. And uh, um, so we, I thought it would just be kind of fun. You know, um, the place we were at in Winston-Salem is where Krispy Kreme started. And so uh, we, we went to the original Krispy Kreme. We got pictures. We consumed a lot of sugar. And uh, it was, we had a great time. So we went through that. And then we went to a different place and saw another Krispy Kreme. Well, as I had been driving down one of the interstate, I happened to notice the, um, the headquarters of Krispy Kreme. And I thought, oh, that'd be kind of a, a nice way to treat the boys. Maybe we could go out and kind of go in. I'm sure they got something in there, you know, that's interesting. And so I, I made a bunch of calls, 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 finally got to the headquarters. And I said, hey, would it be okay if we just stopped by? I don't know. Do you have tours or something? Could we, could we see something? And um, the lady responded, and uh, she said, um, there's not really a lot to see here uh, at all. And uh, I was like, well, do you have, like, any history or anything that we could come see? Like, anything on the... She's like, oh, yeah, we do have a wall where they have, like, all the pictures, kind of a pictorial history of the, of the corporation going back to the 30s and all that. And I, so I thought, okay, fine. So I talked to the boys. I said, is it worth it? And they're like, yeah. Like, we're totally going. So, so we went over there, and we pull in, and um, we get inside, and... Um, uh, the lady was really nice, a nice receptionist, and she gave us a free donut. Like, we're already on the bonus right here. Um, <laughs> And uh, then she said, she said, uh, before you go see the wall, we have this little, like, photo op place that you can take a picture. So you can see a picture here of, um, of what we did, you know. Um, so that was kind of fun. That was before we consumed the sugar. You should have seen it after the sugar was consumed. 
But uh, so then we, we go down the hall and we see all this history of the corporation. They had a map with all the little pins from where all the uh, Krispy Kremes are. And just as we were about ready to kind of leave and kind of finish up, uh, a new receptionist came in. So I started asking her a couple questions and I thought we were about ready to leave. Well, she turns to the boys and says, um, hey, would you like a dozen donuts? So she get, we get, they got a box, and it was like, here, raid the whole thing. You know, they had this big display, you know, for all the executives, and she just raid it. She's like, would you like, a, would you like a drink of something? We have a fountain thing back there. Like, I think I did, Isaiah seriously thought he died and went to heaven. <laughs> um, so he stayed there a little longer, and then I get talking, I asked her a couple more questions, or, and, and, and she says, would you like to meet the grandson of the original guy that founded Krispy Kreme? I'm like, how do you trip onto this? Well, sadly, he had left for the day, so that was kind of a bummer. It was the last uh, weekday that we were there, so that didn't work out. But there was just an incredible fun time. But you know what? I had such little expectations of what was going to happen there. I thought we'd be in and out in five minutes. No idea that we'd come home with donuts, way more donuts than we should have had. Having had a great time, pictures, stories. Like, I have a whole page. We were so blessed because we stepped out with a little bit of faith. And I'm going to tell you what God has for us in the next season is to look at what he's done and say, hey, why not? God can do everything. Why wouldn't I take a a shot and just pray and see what God might do through that? You see, often we limit our faith to what we think is possible and what we think will... Stop thinking about yourself. Stop limiting yourself. Listen, we, we minimize our influence by trying to figure out everything we're going to pray before we pray it based on what we think we could probably do for God anyways. And yet when our eyes are opened and we begin to pray for all people, we begin to pray that God's spirit would come into their lives and touch them, we begin to look at every phase of our life and say, but if God did something, then it would be awesome. That's when movements of God start. That's when people's families are changed, when our own lives are radically changed. That's what Paul's looking for here. Really comes down to the heart of God. Look at verse 3. It says, this is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior. I love this. Who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. I'm going to tell you, you ought to circle verse 4 there. When it comes to what you pray for people... Make sure you don't box in your theology in such a way that you're cutting out verses. I want to tell you something. I understand election. I understand all of that. In fact, it's written in the letter to the Ephesians, the same church that we're talking about here. But here in this verse, when it says, who desires God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth, you need to know the heart of God. Your heart needs to pray out of the heart of God. Listen, God's not putting little circles around. He says that God's heart desires everyone to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, will everyone? Will everyone? No. But God's heart as a father is reaching out and loves people. And listen, we should have no less heart for those in our lives than God does. And our theology of prayer begins with the heart of God. God's heart, what did Jesus say? Pray, our Father. And all the requests that come after that come on the basis of, I have a loving Heavenly Father who loves me and would even consider giving me these things. And when we pray for the lost, we pray from the heart of God. 
It's pleasing to God. God is pleased when we pray with a passion that no one in Columbus would ever die apart from the truth. But what if God struck by his spirit in an unusual way? And God led 200, 300, 400, 500,000 people in this metropolitan area to Jesus Christ. What if it was six or 700,000? What if churches, we, we had to do 15 services just to accommodate all the people who God was touching because God's heart is that no one is separated from the message of the gospel that we celebrated in communion this morning. God's heart is not okay with the fact that hundreds of people go into eternity from this metropolitan area every single day apart from the truth of the gospel. God's not okay with that. The question is, are we okay with that? Because if we're not okay with that, we're going to be praying in a different way. That's what this message is about. Thank you so much for listening to Meeting with God, the radio ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus, Ohio. We hope you were encouraged in your own relationship with Jesus Christ today. If you would like to hear other messages from Pastor Luke Aarons, please subscribe to our Vertical Church Columbus podcast. There you will find an extensive collection of sermons from Vertical Church worship services and other unique content from Pastor Luke, which will enrich your faith and point you to Christ. You can find the podcast by searching Vertical Church Columbus wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for spending part of your day with us. As always, we hope you'll join us here tomorrow at the very same time for your meeting with God. Meeting with God is the teaching ministry of Vertical Church Columbus. For more information, go to verticalchurch.life.